welcome to another episode of Drew Rants and Raves, a podcast in which I rant about something and rave about something. And if you didn't catch it, I am Drew. So we have so much to get through today. We'll just get started. But before we do, can't forget this. Ugh. We have a lot to cover. First of all, I did something that I never thought I would do. I turned on notifications for Spotify. It prompted me at some point, as if they listen to my podcast, I'm going to assume they do, so thank you, Spotify. They suggested that I turn on notifications to hear about new releases from my favorite artists, which I would assume to include the artists I've chosen to follow. I turned this on. That was about a week ago, and I haven't heard anything so far. I guess we'll wait and see. It's possible that the 200 artists I follow on Spotify have not released any new music in the last week. It's, it's actually a decent possibility, so who knows? But the good news is I have not been inundated with notifications from Spotify to check out the latest random playlist they've generated for me to enjoy based on any number of their algorithms, which is awesome. And I actually watched a video on the topic. I watched a video about uh, Apple Music versus Spotify in 2020, and it went through a whole lot of things. You could tell the guy was a little bit biased towards Spotify, the way he described some of the um, features of Apple Music that he found lacking. But overall, it's a pretty good breakdown of a lot of the differences. And many of the comments, which, yes, I actually did read and contribute to some of these YouTube comments, the gist that I saw among the comments, at least the more normal, sane comments, uh, was that Apple Music is good for listening to your music library and like enjoying the music that you want to enjoy. And Spotify is best for just basically experiencing a bunch of new music. And that seemed like a relatively accurate summary of the two strengths. Spotify doesn't even have a library anymore. It just has one playlist called Liked Songs. And that, to me, is ridiculous. But I digress. Another thing on follow-up is... We've got voicemails, folks. We've got some voicemails. And I'm going to listen and let you hear them right now. So let's check out the first voicemail. Hey, Drew. This has been a long-time listener, first-time caller. A uh, quick comment on your stoplight rant. I think your analogy doesn't work. The the problem is that we stop too close to cars. You know, we stop a couple feet away from cars. I feel like the analogy of people walking in a line, 50 people, however many people, the appropriate analogy is if you were to stand, like, as close as possible to them, what, six inches behind them? And, and at that point, you can't even – everybody has to step with the same foot. Otherwise, it won't work. So, like, maybe if we all stopped 10 feet apart in cars or one car length apart, uh, then, then that would work at stoplights, but nobody's doing that. Hope everything's good. Enjoying the podcast. Keep up the great work. So that was Ben. And I'll be honest, Ben brought up some interesting points. I think that uh, that is something to consider is how close you are behind cars. Now, my first thought upon hearing this comment is the reason why it would be challenging to learn how to walk while being like within one foot of a person in front of you is because it's a lot of it's the synchronization of multiple motions. 
I've got my hands swinging one way. I've got a, my right leg going and my left leg and then my right leg. And that involves multiple synchronized actions. But the difference is with cars, there is none of that. You have one synchronized action. We'll be generous and say you have two synchronized actions, letting off of the brake and putting on the gas. Those are the only two we need to synchronize to really get going here. I don't know. I, I still believe in a world where that's possible. Now, having said that, of course, it would be a lot easier for people to, to start making progress in this if we were a little bit farther apart from each other at stoplights, which honestly, Ben, since I listened to your voicemail, I have started to leave a little bit more room. Not a lot. I'm not talking about those people who leave multiple car lengths of space in front of them at stoplights. Those people should have their driving privileges revoked at full stop because they're not doing anybody any good except in their own way communicating to all the drivers around them that they have some very, very misguided notions about the world, including what driving is and what their responsibilities are as a driver, especially when you consider that stoplights have sensors in the ground many times that are picking up the weight to calculate, not necessarily calculate, but to understand how many people are waiting. So if one person is waiting at the stoplight and then the second car decides it's going to back up by, you know, 50 feet, then all of a sudden the stoplight's never going to change because it doesn't, relative to the other people going the other direction, this one guy is just going to have to wait longer. When in reality, it could be another dozen cars behind the second guy, but the second guy is way too far back. And so the sensor never gets tripped. And those that's, you know, something else that I could rant about, um, or perhaps I just did. Anyway, uh, interesting feedback, Ben. I love it. Now we'll listen to our second voicemail that we got. And uh, it's a name and a voice you might recognize. Let's check it out. Yes, yeah, it's John and Tony of uh, Dinner Guest Reject. You guys probably heard of us. Actually, you might be listening to Drew's podcast because of Mike's podcast. And for that, I want to say uh, you're welcome. Anyway, just listening to the episode about uh, where Drew is ranting about stoplight and people that are just waiting and not paying attention, I, I share that frustration, and I want to even add on to that. I live in Duval County. What annoys me about this city is that they have timers. At any given point of the night, you could be driving back. Nobody's waiting to, to turn left. Or, and, you know, I'm an American. I'm willing to put in my time and stop at a stoplight if a fellow citizen needs to go. But when there's nobody waiting there, why turn it to a red light? We have the technology of sensors. This is not something new. Or if you know it's going to be a long road that's often busy, why not cascade the stoplights to where you're not stopping at a different stoplight every five seconds? We have traffic problems out the wazoo here, and that's actually a scientific term uh, from the Latin wazuvius. Anyway, stupid joke. Oh, yeah. So why not have them cascade? Why not put them on sensors? I would gladly pay more taxes if we could fix the stoplights in Jacksonville for that reason. Put a little sensor in there. There's no reason to stop if nobody's turning. But anyway, I love your show, Drew. Appreciate you. I'm sponsoring my my podcast that is called Dinner Guest Rejects Podcast. All right. See you, buddy. All right. So Jonathan, who does have a great podcast called Dinner Guest Rejects, which I enjoy. Yeah, Jonathan gets it. We actually do have a little bit more feedback 
had an email come in from Rico that talked about, uh, basically also mentioned the accordion effect, uh, which is uh, kind of the same idea that at stoplights, everyone gets real close together. And then it's tough for people to start accelerating safely without hitting the car in front of them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and again, like I said, uh, after reading that and hearing from Ben, I now stop a little bit further back. But I have to stress, it's not much, okay? I don't think you need multiple car lengths. Anyways, I'm curious to your thoughts on all this, if you have any, uh, any more thoughts. I'm so glad that I have smart friends and smart listeners to the show. Anyway, that is all that I have for follow-up. Okay, so let's get to my rant. Today, I'm talking about video games. I know that we did a little bit on uh, Super Mario Brothers before, and I'm actually being a little bit more abstract about video games right now. It applies to many different video games that are around. And that is just this idea... How do I say this? I think video games should have more intelligent, variable levels of difficulty. Because here's the thing. Some people, they view video games or gaming, it is an actual skill. It is almost, it's quite literally a competitive sport that you can have a career in about just being good at video games, okay? And and for those people, a lot of them when they were younger, they started playing video games and they put in 10,000 hours and they end up being really good at video games. They continue to develop and hone their skills through trial and error. You know, battle after battle online just sharpens and hones these skills over years and years and years. And they end up with this these really, 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 really well-developed, excellent video game skills. And so when someone picks up video games, some people look at it like that. They look at it as a skill to master. It's a, it's a set of skills to spend time honing and mastering. That's fine. That's perfectly acceptable. But as video games have progressed, there is also the... I mean, video games now, they have sometimes more story than plenty of movies that get made out there. And so you have these incredible stories being told with... There is a rich lore and um, narrative to a story, to a video game about this is your protagonist, this is the world in which they were born, this is the situation they're dealing with, this is tragedy striking, this is the mountain they have to climb, these are the things they have to do and develop and acquire and find and hunt and all of these things they have to do. Oh, and there's different characters they meet, and there's, you know, there's mountains and valleys and there's this whole novel unfolding like a wonderful film that unfolds before your eyes. But instead of being two hours long, it ends up being, you know, more like 20 hours long or more. And so there's these incredible stories. For me, I view video games in that respect. I view them as stories. I view it as a wonderful story to take in. And I know I'm not alone in this, but the problem becomes that there are video games that have incredible stories, but they don't see themselves as stories for people to consume. They see themselves as skills and hobbies to exercise. Um, and so therefore the difficulty levels are just like high. Like you can't, you, I mean, depending on who you are, it's incredibly challenging to actually play through the video game and complete it because they're designing it from a standpoint of, oh, this is supposed to be really, really challenging. 
Like you have to hone. If you want to see our story, you have to hone your skills and hobbies. You have to hone this for hours and hours and hours and hours and literally make video games a hobby that you become good at as a person. The same way that it would, it would almost be like saying uh, a furniture company that says, we we can um, provide you with certain things, but really you're going to have to actually learn how to make your bedroom set with this wood that we're providing you. Be Otherwise, you can't get this bedroom set anywhere else unless you build it yourself and you sand it down, you cut out the wood in the proper shapes, you're going to have to stain it. Everything is just you doing it. If you want to experience this great bedroom set, and sure, some people who are into woodworking would be like, that sounds amazing. I'm sure that's actually a thing, that you can buy the plans for a bedroom set and make them yourself with your own wood. If it's not a thing, it probably should be. That sounds like a great direct-to-consumer business model that would actually be pretty cheap. Anyways, I digress. What I'm saying is, though, some people just want to have a great bedroom set, and so they would rather buy it, right? <laughs> like I, And so that's when it comes to me and video games, that's, that's kind of how I'm at. It's kind of where I'm at with like stories. It's like with the video games that I play, I want to play through this interesting, engaging storyline. And yes, there's interactivity because that's the age that we're living in. I'm not actually just watching an animated movie. So there's a degree of agency to it where I can kind of pick my own adventure in some ways and all this kind of stuff. And it's really, really interesting and exciting. But what what my goal is, my goal was never to make video gaming a hobby and skill that I put in my 10,000 hours to become good at. No, my my goal here was this is a really interesting sci-fi adventure that I want to have experienced and witnessed and enjoyed. That's all. And I'm willing to pay far more than I've ever paid for a movie to experience. Usually some of these games are talking 50, 60 bucks just to have this game to play through it. And then for the game to then be difficult in such a way that I can't finish it. What's up with that? That makes no sense. And the other thing that I that I thought, because a lot of games now uh, will have a certain, you can pick, basically pick a difficulty level. It's not new. This is goes as far back as Wolfenstein 3D and Doom and stuff like that. They have these games where it's like, yeah, you pick your difficulty level, so you can just pick an easy one, which, for, again, for a non-video gamer, Oftentimes, the easy one is actually still quite challenging to once you get into near the end of the game. It's actually very, very challenging. And the length of time that you play it is not long enough to have developed this amazing skill with the game that you, you know, beat it uh, at the end. I'll give you an example. I was playing Super Mario Bros. Wii. And Corey and I are now going back through. We have not, we have never beaten this game. It is stupidly challenging to do so. However, we're going back through and playing some of these levels where you collect all the star coins. So that's what I'm doing, going back through and collecting star coins. Um, And some of those levels are really challenging and you have to play it a certain way to get the coins and beat the level. And, but I noticed if you lose a level enough times, a little green bubble will pop up with this super annoying doorbell sound. And you can actually watch someone play through it all the way. And I thought that's interesting that the game keeps track of how many times you've lost it in a row, how many times you failed to meet this checkpoint or challenge or level or whatever. And it's, it just, it's crazy to me that other video games have never 
picked up on this because now you've got you know you've got the new versions of doom you've got the new wolfensteins you've got destinies you've got um call of duties and all of those games um and they are obviously smart enough to count how many times i've played through a section without beating it and they obviously have really complex algorithms that determine how many bad guys are here and how many how what the health of the bad guys is, how easy it is to kill them, what my health levels are. And it's crazy to me that at no point have they taken a cue, even from Super Mario Brothers, and been like, hey, after this person loses this section 10 times in a row, how about let's let the bad guys be 80% of the health that they were before? Because it probably, or I sh- and maybe that's even something that you have to pick the easy difficulty for I don't know but the concept there is like if I pick the easy difficulty level on a game it's because again I'm picking that route that says I'm trying to enjoy this as a piece of fiction narrative that I want to take part in and watch and enjoy not trying to hone through countless hours of practice my ability to button mash in just the right way to be really really good at video games that's not my goal my goal is to enjoy the games as narratives and as a storyline to take part in. So if I pick easy, you can just rest assured that's what I want. And so if I'm struggling because the easy difficulty is often not that easy, um, then maybe just can we just move it along? You know what I mean? Like just make it a little like the game. The the game makers surely have the ability to do this in a way that makes sense. Um, and that's what I think it should be. It shouldn't be that hard. Why does it have to be that difficult? You know. So that's it for the uh, that's it for uh, the rant today. Is video games. And yeah, I didn't have a video game system growing up. I didn't get to put my ten thousand hours in, but I certainly enjoy playing them when I get a chance. And I just want it to be. You know, there's some games that have fantastic storyline experiences. Uh, The Bioshock series is really interesting. Uh, Portal is a game that's really interesting and compelling storyline if you haven't had a chance. The whole Half-Life series. These are all wonderful science fiction and interesting storylines to enjoy just strictly for the story, let alone the gameplay, which just makes it that much more fun and interesting. But then when you can't finish the game because it's just built... Uh, these six sections of the game are built for people who are legitimately excellent at video games, then that, it just makes, it kind of put, leaves a sour taste in my mouth. Um, so that's it. I will be right back in just a few minutes with something awesome. This episode of Drew Rants and Raves is brought to you by absolutely no one because we do not have any sponsors right now. In lieu of sponsorship, I will just say that you should go check out Jonathan Tony's podcast, Dinner Guest Rejects, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, and just enjoy it. And yeah, and don't forget to follow uh, the show on social media, on Twitter at Drew Rants Pod. And on Instagram at Drew Rants and Raves. And you can leave us a voicemail, 352 340 3038. 352 340 3038. So, my rave is a little bit different. 
it's going to feel a little bit self-congratulatory. My rave is literally me talking about my own health. Now, I should be very clear up front. I am not in great health. I am, uh, I believe the medical term is obese. And that's something that I'd like to change. And I'm in the process of changing it. I'm in the process of getting my fit together. And that's the journey that I wanted to invite you on. So I'm publishing videos basically every other day on YouTube and on IGTV. And you can follow along as I have a plan and I try to eat better and try to exercise better. And I'm learning what's working and what's not working as I go. The videos are very short compared to the podcast, that's for sure. And so literally you can just go to drewallen.me and click on my uh, Instagram or click on my YouTube channel and follow along there. Here's the situation. I had at the beginning of this year, beginning of 2020, when the world was bright and wonderful and optimistic, I hired a personal trainer and he set me up with a set of plans and I started working those plans and he set me some different plans and started working those plans and he was, I was checking in with him every week and I blogged about that um, on my website, drewblogs.com. I'll put a link in the show notes and things were working great. I lost 24 pounds by the first week or two of March. And then I went on vacation with my family. And literally by the time we got back, the world had shut down from coronavirus. And I my gym shut down, and that made it real tough to do the workout regimen that I had been prescribed to do. And that was tough. And then I tried to do what I could, and I still kind of was doing the meal prep, although it was a little bit more challenging for various reasons and um, also just emotional reasons because uh, the world was falling apart and I was afraid I was going to die. And that leads to some emotional eating. And then in July, I actually lost my job. And that is probably a whole nother podcast episode that I'll record and never, ever release because that actually has rants and raves involved as well. <laughs> uh, but that definitely um, didn't help uh, the emotional state of trying to make wise choices about eating. And also, it didn't help the financial state of trying to keep my trainer. So now I find myself in need of a good plan and definitely some accountability because that was a big part of what worked. And so that's why this video series has been reborn. Drew gets his fit together. And so you can find that, like I said, on my YouTube channel. If you go to drewallen.me, you can find my YouTube channel and uh, my uh, Instagram. And you can follow along there, either of those places. And also on, on the Instagram side, I will be posting uh, the things that I eat, uh, which is my sort of accountability to my followers on Instagram to show everything I eat. And I, I will be publishing my specific food plan. And then you can see right off the bat whether or not I'm sticking to that plan. And so that's, again, trying to build some accountability in what I'm doing. And honestly, this podcast, I've had so much fun doing the podcast. And I love getting the feedback from you guys. And so it made me want to share this part of my life with the podcast audience. Here's what I'm doing. So, yeah, go check it out. Hopefully you can follow along, leave some encouragement on the Instagram. Should be pretty awesome. I won't bore you with all this uh, fitness talk on this podcast much, 
but I will just, I wanted to give that because that lately has been the most interesting and awesome thing for me to rave about. And so that is why I'm talking about it. So that's it for the raves. But I got a lot of feedback about Last Flag Flying. And by that, I mean, I got zero feedback. So I'm not really, unless I get told to, I'm not really going to talk a whole lot about movies much. However, uh, right now, uh, because I still believe you're curious about my movie watching, even if you didn't say you were, I've just been going back through the Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, with my wife, who had never seen almost any of the Marvel films. And so it's been actually a real pleasure to go back and watch all of them with someone who hasn't seen them all. And we are wrapping that up. I think tonight is the last one, Spider-Man Far From Home. So we'll be seeing that. And then I don't know what I'm going to watch. I'm going to have to do some research. All right. Well, that is it for me. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you for sticking around. Please make sure you follow uh, Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Drew Rants Pod, and on Instagram at Drew Rants and Raves. And if you think of it, you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I would really appreciate that. And we'll be back soon with all sorts of great special surprises in store. So stay tuned, and I'll see you in the next one. Ain't no party like a Scranton party, because a Scranton party don't stop. <gasps> We should probably head on down. We should probably head on down. We should probably head on down. Yeah. Hook up a Jan. Hey, well, we have time. One for the road, gentlemen.